Welcome to episode 17 of Be Still and Know, a devotional podcast for New Covenant Lutheran Church. This podcast is loosely based on the devotional book titled Be Still and Know from Broad Street Publishing. Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46.10 I'm not sure if I've shared yet that this verse has particularly a special significance for us. It was a favorite of Carl's stepmom, Judy, who passed in 2007 due to complications from cancer treatments, and it's actually written on her headstone. Over the years since she's been gone, this verse has popped up here and there, and it's a wonderful reminder of who she was. I started thinking about Judy as I began to write because of the devotional text from Monday this week. It talked about telling our own story, that each of us is given a specific story and purpose by God, that he has planned in each and intricate detail. Judy is significant in my story because as I fell into a role at New Covenant, it began to closely mirror the role that Judy had in her own story at her own church. Those of you listening who know me know that prior to the pandemic, along with our wonderful Miss Patty, I was co-director of the children's musical for a number of years. This was a role that Judy had at her church too. The message in Monday's devotional reminds us to be proud of where we are in our journey and that God has a design for all of us. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he had planned for us long ago. God has already written our story. He knows the twists and turns it will make, and he's here for us as we experience them. I kind of see my journey in faith like a good book. The more you get into the book, the more you want to read, because you're invested in the characters and you want to see what happens next. As I go deeper in my understanding and relationship with God, The close relationships I have with my husband and children grow deeper too, and I can't wait to see what's next every day when we turn the page. Again, in Ephesians, we can read what Paul wrote in this letter, specifically from chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, which read, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Our story has a planned path, one that has been planned for a very long time. By loving God, living in faith, we get to live out the story that he wrote for us. Tuesday's devotional this week was called Opened, Lifted, and Loved, and we read about God being the great fixer. He sent Jesus to fix the problems of the world, and he works to fix us of our brokenness every day. He wants to see us live a righteous life. There's that word again, righteous. We heard that a few weeks ago too in a separate devotional. I've been thinking about that a bit lately, living a righteous life. The definition of righteousness is 
the quality of being morally right or justifiable. And when we look to scripture for that word, we are not disappointed for there are many places in the Bible where we can find it. Toward the end of James chapter 3, we can read this verse, which is verse 18. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. This piece of James's letter is when he is sharing about wisdom and how true wisdom comes from God. And those who have God's wisdom prove it by living an honorable life. I think we can take that honorable life and tie it directly back to the definition that I just shared. The verse I read that I enjoyed the most on Tuesday was this one from Romans. Paul writes in Romans 1 verses 16 and 17, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. I've shared before that there's a blueprint for how to live our lives within the Bible. What to do, what not to do, how to live, how to serve, and how to love one another. It's our own free will that decides whether or not we follow that. On Wednesday this week, we read about God's riches. Not riches in the way we think of them now, not financial wealth, but riches in his goodness. It is up to us to have faith and know that he can provide for us. We can easily turn to the Psalms to read about God's everlasting goodness, but I was guided towards a piece of scripture that I have never read before, from the book of Nahum. It's a very short book toward the end of the Old Testament. It has just three chapters and is written as a letter, which reads as a sort of warning to the Ninevites. The verse that I wanted to highlight as it pertains to the devotional focus for Wednesday was verse 7 within chapter 1 that says, The Lord is good, a strong refuge when trouble comes. He is close to those who trust him. In the context of the chapter in Nahum, this message reads almost as a plea, saying, God is good, he will be there for you and shower you with goodness, but you have to repent and turn from your current ways. And of course, the people that Nahum was preaching to didn't listen. In the context of the devotional, I think that this verse in Nahum is perfect. It's a short and clear reminder that no matter what, God is close to us and his goodness or his riches are there for us always. Another verse I read regarding God's goodness was Lamentations 3, specifically verses 22 through 26, which say, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, The Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. 
from a similar time period as Nahum, written within about 100 to 150 years of each other. This chapter in Lamentations is another example in the Bible of God's goodness for us. I particularly love the line in this scripture that says, His mercies begin afresh every morning. This was a great reminder to me this week. After a really rough few days at work with, I'm pretty sure, more to come, this was a reminder that I really needed to hear. No matter what happened the day before, with the start of every new day, God is there with us to help, to protect, and to provide. The devotional on Thursday this week was titled Satisfied. And we read about how we pray and how sometimes human nature is that we're looking for a quick fix or a specific answer to a prayer. I'm smart enough to know that God doesn't work that way. He, and as the devotional said, he is not going to grant a prayer if he knows that in the long run, it's not something that will be good for us. I struggled this week in prayer. The needs that I have had feel so trivial when I compare them to what others are facing. Another family, close in our family of faith, had a child in the hospital this week, and while she is improving and home now, they had a few days this week where they needed all of our prayers, prayers which we gave to God wholeheartedly. My point in sharing that is I often don't feel that the prayers I might bring to God are worthy of his time. My needs seem so small in comparison to others, and yet, in the day-to-day of my life, things can feel so overwhelming. I find it interesting that the devotional was titled Satisfied. I'm not sure that I'd put a word like that in a place to describe my feelings on how God is providing for me and my family. I'd use a word like blessed or overflowing, because I feel God's hand in our life everywhere. Satisfied feels more like a mediocre answer on a survey. When I look to scripture for some deeper insight into prayer and how God helps us in prayer, I was guided to the end of 1 John as part of the conclusion in chapter 5, where we read in verses 14 and 15, And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. In this text, we can very plainly read that God hears us when we ask for things that please him. Scripture is very clear that we must live in a certain way. So I think that we can also take from this scripture that God will help us with the prayers that are in our best interests. We read on Friday this week about restoration. God wants to restore all of us to a full, healthy state, both physically and spiritually. The devotional suggested that when we're feeling weak, however that weakness presents itself, we should lean into God and think about his character, praise him and watch him bring the healing that we need to be restored. We are here on earth as God's children to do a specific job for him. It's up to us as children of God to spread the good news by living an honest and righteous life. We can't do that if we're not fully healthy. 
When I looked into scripture specifically about having a healthy mind, this verse from Romans stood out to me. It's from Romans 12 verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. When we lean into God, as the devotional said, we can learn more about his will for us, which in turn will help us to have a stronger and healthier spiritual connection with him. As it pertains to our physical health, I particularly liked this verse from 1 Corinthians for our devotional context on Friday. Chapter 10, verse 31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. At the end of the day, both our physical and spiritual health are important, and it's vital that we do all that we can to protect both. Proverbs chapter 3 gives us some sound advice. In verses 7 and 8 we can read, Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. On Saturday this week, we were brought back to a focus of prayer with a wonderful reminder that all prayers count. They don't have to be long or fancy, and there aren't specific words or phrases that you're supposed to say. What's important is that we're praying and lifting those prayers to God. I found the devotional from Saturday very comforting, and I really kind of wished that I had read it years ago. As a newer member in the family of faith, praying in a group took something that... It took some time to get used to. I would worry when it came to my turn that I wasn't going to know what to say and that I'd say something wrong. It hasn't been until the last year or so, as I've gotten to know myself and God more, that I'm able to pray openly and allow the words to just come from my heart. What I've learned is that as long as we're focused on God and that our prayers come from our hearts, there is no wrong way to pray. In the book of Matthew, before we read the Lord's Prayer in chapter 6, verse 7 says, When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating the words again and again. I like this reminder to just get to the point. Our last devotional this week was titled, Opportunity for Joy. And the message essentially said, we are to find joy in times of trouble because it's through our faith that we can be reassured that there are better times ahead. The devotional said that one of the best things to come from times of trouble is that we get to practice being tested. The more we get to practice that endurance, the better we will be at handling the troubles that come our way. As I've mentioned a few times recently, I have a lot going on with my work right now and if I were ever going to need to read a devotional like this, it's now. I love the reassurance that all I'm facing now is giving me more strength to face what might come my way later. If I can endure this season right now, I will be better equipped for what's to come next. 
I look forward to this coming week and to the opportunity to see the joy in the middle of the troubles. I'll leave you today with this selection of verses from 1 Peter chapter 1. Verses 6 through 9 say, So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So, when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him, and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. I hope that this this week brings you lots of time for prayer, no troubles, and lots of reminders about how God is working in you, through you, and for you in your life. Amen.